Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Oodles of Marketing, brought to you from one of the fastest growing agencies in the country. We're your hosts. I'm Mark. He's Ryan. And this show explores the good, bad, and the ugly of the world of digital marketing. And in this show, we're going to talk a little bit about some best practices that uh, you should have as part of your, your marketing roadmap. In particular, we're talking about and continuing our series on pre-marketing value with how to do a pulse check, why you should do a pulse check on your digital marketing efforts. We're a little more than halfway through the year at this point. We're going to explore why that's something you should introduce to, to your normal schedule and why you shouldn't just do it this year. You should do it every year. So before we get there, we are going to talk about what's in the market, what's going on, interesting in, in the universe and, and in the marketing world. So first, we'll talk about Tito's. So this looks like an alcohol theme with this one. There's an alcohol theme. We're going to talk about Tito's. We're going to talk about Coors. <laughs> so our, our producer, Seth, I think is is, uh, is is maybe, you know, drinking on the job, talking about Tito's, Coors. A little signaling going on here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting thing with this one. So the, the thing is Tito's vodka kind of spoofing and, and, ta and ribbing uh, their friends over in the seltzer world, right? Which is <laughs> absolutely fucking exploded uh, in the past couple of years and uh, selling an empty seltzer can, right? It's an empty can. You can buy it and 20 bucks, I think is what the, the price yeah, of I think it it's is. It's $20 for an empty can. And, and their whole marketing campaign behind it is, you know, don't drink seltzer can make one make your right? own but i looked at this and i was like this is stupid this is but it's hilarious right <laughs> guess who has two of them on the way <laughs> <laughs> you fell for the I started, marketing then i started looking at it and i was like i mean it's pretty good marketing like kudos yep. to the group that did it but then i was like i mean I, these are actually I useful do, i do drink vodka and seltzer water on a that's one of the drinks that I'll go to. And this one has like a little sealable cap and, and it, it looks like a can. In, so you fit in, it would, no, it would fit in my Yeti. It would fit in ah. my, my little Yeti cooler. So I can take it in the pool and shit with me. And I was like, yeah. So I ordered two of them. <laughs> <laughs> so it me. just goes to show you can market anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> Bought an empty can. Uh huh. So, kind of along the same lines of like gimmicky things that alcohol brands are doing, uh, Coors mosquito cap. Like they literally put a three printed thing on top of a Coors can and claim it's a mosquito trap because mosquitoes get trapped. And their whole thing is, uh, Coors is the beer for everyone. And mosquitoes Even also like mosquitoes. It. <laughs> hey, if they can eliminate mosquitoes, I'm down with it. Right. Yeah. It goes to show our theme. You can market anything. Uh, all right. So Amazon uh, is also a theme of the last couple of episodes, buying companies. This time they're buying iRobot for $1.7 billion and in a, a very uh, Orwellian sort of sin on things. Amazon is not only going to know everything you buy, they're also going to know what your house looks like. Well, and most people probably don't know who I, iRobot is because they know the brand Roomba, right? True. So uh, that means that Amazon's going to own Roomba. Now, do I think do I think that Amazon is all of a sudden going to have all of that? I, I don't know. I don't think it's as crazy as everybody might think just overnight. But I'm also like, I wouldn't well, not put it past yet. them. No, I wouldn't put it past them at all. 
to try to use that data to do something. I don't know. But at the same time, you know, I thought about this abstractly. Like, well, what if? What if Amazon? A, I don't have a Roomba anyways. I've got an Echo Vax because mm-hmm. it was a superior device to the Roomba. But that aside, if I had a Roomba, and all of a sudden, based on the data from my Roomba, I got an email from Amazon. It's like, hey, you know what would go great in this spot is this fucking shelf. That'd be awesome because I don't know. I've got certain spots in my house that I'm not really sure what I should put there, what would fit there, whatever. I would actually love to have a Somebody robot tell just you. figure it out for me and tell me and be like, hey, man, here's a suggestion for you. We've already taken the dimensions and it'll fit. Because that's half the battle, right? Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you can look at something and you're like, well, I don't know. And will it fit? Now I got to measure it and, and figure all that stuff out. Nah, just let the robots do it for me. I'm, I'm down. It's uh, it's it's definitely an interesting an interesting thing. And you're right. I mean, from a from a marketing perspective, like that would be pretty cool to be able to target based on if you're you know if you're a retailer or if you're a seller of of physical objects that go in homes or whatever. It'd be kind of neat to be able to use that as a marketing tool to be like, hey, don't market this to somebody where this isn't going to fit. Only market it to where I it mean, fits. Really, if you think about it as like how Google Maps kind of changed the changed the landscape for those who adopted it, uh, things like landscapers and other sorts of roofers, other sorts of like f- those physical things, right? I can get a quote on solar for my house, at least a rough quote by just giving them my fucking address yeah, because they can true. pull up on, on Google maps. They see the sun exposure. They see the direction. They can see the roof lines. They can see the pitch. They can, they can block in kind of what's going to fit where. And, uh, you know, same with landscaping. They can figure out how they don't have to cut. You don't have to send a guy out to right. measure the size of the yard. You should look that, look that up right there, measure it mm-hmm. off and give a price. So from a, a, a sales perspective, like it, maybe it's the same thing. Maybe there's a way that without it being super creepy, maybe there's a way that we could allow access to catalog this information and provide that access to retailers so that they could, you know, do things faster. And, and most people probably wouldn't do that. Right. But I mean, I, I probably would depending on the vendor. You would. I mean, anyone that knows how the technology behind the scenes works would do it. And then, you, but then you would have a lot of people that are really worried about the privacy that turn it off, right? So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, so at the time of recording, HBO is expanding their partnership for Game of Thrones spinoffs, and that's exciting for me. I love Game of Thrones. Like that was probably my favorite series of all time. So anything that that HBO wants to do to expand that universe, I'm all out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. And it's a partnership with Duolingo. Um, so what are the they prequel doing? Prequel series, House of like the Dragon. Are they are they going to actually create? Because I know they they invested like a ton of energy and effort into creating the fictitious languages. Like they worked with linguists and created like multiple languages just for Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So it looks like maybe they're they're going to kind of build that in so that you could potentially like learn that language. I'm not sure. We'll have to, we'll have to keep a, keep our, our eye on that one, see what happens. So, uh, the last thing at the time of recording, there is a 
CEO that's getting destroyed on social for posting a picture of himself crying on LinkedIn after laying off employees. I think there's a, there's a <laughs> lot of like really negative vibes going out for this guy. Now, you know, I can relate to, to him, right? As, as a leader in a company, I would be very emotional having go, go through that situation. If I'm not going to post it on social, I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, fuck that guy. Like, <laughs> I, I saw it and I've been there, right? We've, we've been there. We, unfortunately, we've had to lay people off in the past, right? And it's always yep. a very emotional thing and it's not something that's fun. And I had all those same feelings and, you know, it, it sucks, but that's part of, that's part of what you take on when you start a company and you run a company and, and ultimately, you know, it, it feels, it feels icky, right? Like it feels like you're trying to garner sympathy for yourself. And I mean, it, this impacts tons of people, right? It's not about you. It's not necessarily just about them. Like everybody, everybody is suffering here. And, yeah. and you could argue that some suffer more than others, right? Who, who, who hurts more, right? The CEO that has to lay somebody off or the guy that got laid off. Uh, I'd, I'd probably side on the other, other end, even if I was the one who had to lay somebody off, right? Yep. So you just, it's the kind of shit, we saw something similar to this uh, last year with the guy that laid off of like 2000 employees over zoom and you know his, his messaging was like you know this hurts me more than it hurts you guys or or, or whatever it was and it yeah. was just like similar thing we're like no it doesn't well, and, and like, I, I think stop the, acting like that the key takeaway with this is that as leaders you're you have to know your audience right yeah. so you can be vulnerable with certain individuals and certain groups of people but like you're gonna get blasted if you try to expand that vulnerability and make it about you in, in an audience that is the social, like it's, it's not going to work out for you. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe know your audience and, and be vulnerable with those that you can be and, and, <laughs> and not with the whole internet. Yeah. I mean, it, it's also like, you know, I, uh, the old saying, right. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Right. Yep. Uh, you gotta know, you gotta know that. And, you know, it, little tone deaf. <laughs> yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. All right. Net, next, uh, next section, questions and facts. So submit your questions to questions at oodle.io. If you have anything that you want Ryan and I to answer in terms of questions. So here's, here's some things that came through. How can we get ahead of recurring projects or even bigger projects that we know are coming? So this is, is this is a marketer that is, uh, trying to plan ahead and make sure that, that things are, uh, on pace or on track with whatever that is and sounds like may may have gotten behind. So Ryan, advice from a production end? Yeah, I mean, number one is have a, have a tool or something, right? Uh, it could be a spreadsheet if you've got a small team. Um, but have some place somewhere that you're planning those things out in detail uh, and at least blocking those into certain uh, schedules, right? Making sure that you're having conversations with people it's like hey i don't know exactly what this is going to look like but here's your part in this project and when we anticipate that happening and just make sure that's on the schedule right because any any time there's open space and uh, right if if you leave someone's schedule open even if you have stuff planned for them to work on next week or in two months if the space is open other people will just We'll just fill it in, right, with with their priorities, completely absent-minded of of somebody else's. So, 
you know, number one is having, having that tool and, and gate and way. Number two is actually using it, right? Mm-hmm. It's great to have a tool that allows you to block and tackle and, and put those things. But number two is actually putting the shit in there far enough out and understanding like, hey, you know, we don't have to think about this for two months, three months, six months, a year, but we know it's coming, right? Yep. We, we had a client for a long time that we knew every 4th of July was kind of a big deal going on. Mm-hmm. And that meant that every year on the 5th of July, we start planning shit for the 4th of July yep. and, and backing into real key things that we need to have. And those go on schedules. And then maybe for a month or two, we take a breather. We don't think about them. And then it fires back up. So, you know, have a tool, plan appropriately, make sure everybody's paying attention to it, make sure it's planned out far enough and make sure you're looking at it. Yep. And I think you said something that's, that's important with that. You're that tool in that, that document needs governance, right? So it needs right. to be something that it's a live breathing thing that your team interacts with and understands. And someone needs to be the keeper of that, right? In in scrum methodologies, it's the scrum master. In traditional project management, it might be a project manager. Like so you need right. someone that's responsibility it is to keep that thing on track and to ensure that that uh that things are, are working appropriately. May not be the director of marketing or or someone else in your team that does that. It might be someone else. Right. Uh, another question that we got, and this is one that I think our team asks each other uh, on a regular basis. And the, the I think story this came is from somebody on our team. It probably did. <laughs> How can we help our clients draw higher quality conclusions when reviewing our reporting and dashboards? And my answer is always the same with this: it's storytelling, right? You, yep. you can't data dump. It's got to be a story. No, no I mean that's that. Uh, that that is it, right? When you know it's. People ask all the time, like, how do we get better dashboards? How do we get better reporting? How do we get better things? Like, a, a dashboard and a report only goes so far, right? It's it's just showing you factual information. Yep. The question is, what does it mean? Uh, how do you how do you use it, right? Uh, and that's where you have to take that data and provide that data to experts and and people who understand and can and can think about that stuff. Uh, in, in many ways and, and layer in the, what does that mean? Right. You know, when, you, when looking at something, it could be very easy to look at something like a bounce rate and be like, Hey, the bounce rate, our bounce rate just skyrocketed. Like it went from, you know, I don't know, 20% to 80%, like a, something's wrong. And, but then you think about it, right. And you look at it and you're like, well, actually we just, we just fired up this big campaign that's focused on brand awareness and it's generating a number of, of click throughs and impressions. And, and those folks, they're not, they're not far down the buyer journey yet. Mm-hmm. So we kind of expect them to like, come check us out and then, and then take off. Right. Yep. We're not, we're not trying to, we're not trying to engage them yet. We're not trying to really sell them yet. We're just at the introductory phase. We just want you to know who we are. So that makes sense actually. Like I, if, if it didn't happen, I'd be really curious as to why I'd, I'd be thinking maybe we're marketing too far down the funnel. Maybe we're, yeah. maybe we're, maybe we're trying to carry out a brand awareness campaign to people who are already familiar with our brand, in which case like our targeting is wrong. So yep. taking all and, of that in context and really being able to answer like, all right, here's the, here are the numbers, but what do they mean? Yep. 
And while it's impossible to do that with every conceivable metric, I think it's important on the upfront up side of any any marketing that you're doing uh, to right. align on goal setting. Right. That's that's where I think a lot of teams get in trouble. They they'll act stuff, but they don't appropriately set benchmark and expectations for what we should be measuring. So I mean, we've talked about this right. many times before in digital specifically, if it moves, you can measure it, but it doesn't mean you should analyze it. Right. You can right. measure it, but it doesn't mean that it's the important metric to analyze to your point earlier around if your goal of the campaign is going to be uh, brand awareness, your bounce rate is not indicative of success. That's that's not that's not what success is. Traffic might be indicative of success. Impressions might be indicative of success, but your bounce rate is not. Yep. So short, short answer, storytelling got to tell the right story. And that that is not just for agencies trying to tell their clients' stories, it's also for marketers trying to tell stories to their executive teams. Because I think internal marketing teams face the exact same challenges that agencies do in that regard. They're really trying to tell the story to their their internal constituents of what success should look like. And that's it's a difficult thing, especially if they're not getting that from their agency partners. Yeah. All right, we're, we're into the meat and potatoes of our digital marketing pulse check. Um, and in our last episode, we talked about the importance of uh, marketing strategy and planning and uh, what the difference is between marketing strategy and your marketing roadmap or your marketing plan, what what those things are. If you haven't heard that episode yet, highly encourage you to go back and take a look at that because it's going to be a lot of stuff that we sort of referenced today as part of our digital marketing pulse check. Um, and it's a, it's a really good foundational tool for you to uh, get aligned on what you should have in place uh, as part of your overall, your marketing plans. So um, in order to, to kind of think about the digital marketing mid-year pulse check and tune-up, you've got a number of questions that you have to ask yourself. And, and leading into that, um, you know, we kind of wanted to, to recap a stat or a factoid from a, a Nielsen study. And in this Nielsen study, it, it kind of outlines the interesting place that marketers find themselves in. And it says 50% of marketers impede their return on investment, their ROI, by under-investing in media. And so, Ryan, what, what's your take on that? What, is that? what does that mean for people out there? <laughs> uh, I mean, it, could be, it can mean a lot of things, right? Uh, spend more money? <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think... It, it, the key too is is the ideal budget, right? You could you could potentially be impeding ROI by underinvesting in the right media. So, yep. you know, I, I think it's important for for folks to make sure that they understand like what what their media plan is, how it's how it's optimized, and make sure it's optimized towards the right the right stuff for um, your goals. Yeah, for for your goals. And number one of that is like you got to know what your goals are, right? We talked about that uh, last time. I think it's, it's a bit in the, in the pulse check too. Uh, you got to know what your goals are and just, and track against whether you're tracking towards them or not. Yep. Yep. And you know, the, the, the big takeaway from that factoid is what they call the 50, 50, 50 gap. It's 50% mm -hmm of media plans are underinvested by a median of 50% and can be improved by 50% outcomes wise with an ideal budget. So to your point, it's, it's really about coming up with that ideal budget and ensuring that, that you have enough funds to be able to accomplish your goals. 
because uh, you know that's that's kind of the way it is, right? So if your audience is so big, you have to be able to reach them a certain number of times in order for them to take action. Uh, and depending right. on your goals, that looks different for your for your overall marketing plan. So how how do we how do we get a pulse check of whether our marketing is performing well? So meat and potatoes of this episode. What, yeah, I mean, uh, well, uh, number one, right? How do you get a pulse check? First, what is a fucking pulse check, right? What's what what are we trying to accomplish with a pulse check here? So yeah, I mean that's that's a good it's a good question. So as part of your mid year mid year review, your mid year pulse check, what what is it that you're trying to to measure against? What does success look like? You first have to understand, right? What 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 am I trying to accomplish? Is it projects? Is it performance? Is it uh, you know, some sort of brand work? Is it activations? What, what are those things that, that should be part of your marketing strategy and your marketing plan? Mm-hmm. Is it, is this something that we just do? Do I just need to do it once a year in the, in the middle of the year? Like, can I just do this once, check the box, move on? I mean, no, ideally, uh, ideally this becomes a, a rhythm, right? So just like you have monthly performance meetings, most likely with your agency, and you probably report on that to your internal teams, you go deeper than that as part of this pulse check, right? You, you really look at all your activations and what your original plan was for, for your overall, not just your performance, but what projects did you think would, were going to be progressing? Uh, so did you have plans to integrate first party data from your CRM into your, your audience segmentation. If that's an interesting thing to think about, uh, what, what are your competitors doing? Like, what is, what does it look like? And what is your, what does your marketing look like compared to that? What's your level of sophistication in in your marketing activations and, and how can you have those things work together to create a digital ecosystem that is, uh, that, that really becomes your customer experience, right? So we, we say it all the time, your digital ecosystem is the gateway to your customer experience because 70% of the buyer journey is done before they ever contact you. So if right. and they're, they're using the internet for that, right? Uh, so uh, if you don't have all those things working Most together as an ecosystem, it, uh, it, it's, it's not to your advantage for sure. Yeah. But what, why do we need to do it? Right. So we, we kind of know what it is, right? Obviously we, uh, uh, we know how often we should do it maybe. Um, but like, what's the purpose? Why do we suggest, you know, we suggest this to clients all, all the time. We do some of this behind the scenes. We suggest this to folks who aren't, are not our clients. We suggest this to ourselves, right? Uh, why is this something that we kind of, kind of do here? Um, I think the important thing is it, it gets you out of the day to day. So Doing the mid-year pulse check, going through something like a, a a checklist of these are best practices in the marketing world, in, in digital marketing in particular. Which, by the way, we have a handy-dandy um, digital marketing pulse check tool that we'll talk more about as we go through this episode. But uh, it's a downloadable. Uh, get, grab that thing. It'll be a really awesome tool for you guys to to walk through and think about. Yeah, help facilitate uh, that, that. Help sort facilitate of activity. that that dialogue and and ask yourself questions. But it, it, I think the why we do it and the why it's important is that it gets you out of the day to day. So you you mm-hmm. you know the old saying is you can't see the forest through the trees. 
And I think that's true of marketers as well, right? We get so inundated with the activations that we have going on or projects that we have going on that we don't think about what should be next and how do we get better? How do we get, how do we progress further in our sophistication or our integrations of our, of our, you know, our marketing plans or or whatever that looks like. Um, And without intentionally taking a step back and working on the business as it were, uh, you are continually working in the business and, you know, Ryan, you and I have, have a a longstanding history of doing offsites as business owners, right? We do that for the same reason that we suggest doing a a digital marketing, marketing pulse check. It, It forces you to think about things in a different way and, and look at whether you're doing the right things or not. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's like the number one takeaway that I have from that, right? Is the, it gets you out of the, the day to day and working on the business. It's, it's really, really hard, you know, when you're in the trenches and, and, and just duking it out, trying to, trying to work on things to really take a step back and be like, are we going the right fucking direction here? Yep. Like, right. In, in some cases you can kind of meander to the wrong, to the wrong place or, or be tre- trending towards the wrong uh, things that don't align with your long-term goals or visions, or maybe you are, and you just don't feel good about it. Right. You're just, you, you have that like, uh, intuition as a marketer and you're like, I just feel like this stuff's not working. And then you take a step back and you're like, well, it, it actually is. So yeah, whether my intuition is that it doesn't work or not, that doesn't change the fact that it is. Yep. We, we hear all the time from clients. Um, and I, I'll, I'll say it like this, I think as marketers, in particular in digital, because if it moves, you can measure it, you end up with over-scrutinization. So we talked about a little earlier that bounce rate thing, right? right. Real stories, we hear that Hyper-focus on uh, a certain metric yep. or something with, without context of what does that mean, right? Like yep. The number moved, great. Why? Maybe Maybe there's a real good reason for it. Maybe there's a market pressure reason for it. Maybe COVID happened. <laughs> And, yeah, right. And, and I mean, that moved all kinds of things that were like, who predicted this? Mm-hmm. Like competition for everything. So, so the yeah. overscrutinization happens when we don't take a step back and understand what we're trying to accomplish and whether right. to your point, whether we're heading the right direction at all, yep. uh, let alone what our results are, right? Are we going the right direction? Are we moving the needle on the right projects and activations to make us better in the future? Not just right now, in the future. Right. And I think, you know, it goes back to, you, you mentioned our practice of, of offsites, right? That's our, uh, our, our own practice we've had since we started this business 13 years ago yep. of, you know, the three of us, the three partners in the business, literally checking out of the business for an entire week and, and doing nothing but taking a step back and analyzing everything. And it's always interesting the reaction I get when, when I share that with other people, uh, mm-hmm. especially with other business owners, because, you know, it's usually one they're like, I've never thought of that, but that's all, that's a, that's a great idea. That's really good that you guys do that. And are like, I know wasn't 100% my idea, but that's why we do it, right? We do it because it, it, it removes us. We can't be in the day to day and thinking strategically about the business. You have to, you have to break those, you have to separate those. And, and I encourage that sort of behavior for all business owners, but also, you know, marketers and, and, and other folks, even people on our own team that are, you know, 
regardless of what your role is, every so often you have to take that step back. You have to disconnect for a minute, even if it's just an hour or a day or two hours and, and do that evaluation. And it, you know, really, I, I like the visual, you know, where we got it from in the first place and kind of our aha moment was, uh, was with the old Brad sugars, right? Oh yeah. Uh, um, there's some thing that he did. It's probably it was, 12 it years seesaw, ago, right? 10, 10, 12 years ago, but the seesaw, right? The seesaw that most, in this case, he's talking to business owners. Most business owners find themselves on the seesaw, right? You're either work, you're working on the business or you're working in the business or you're, you know, you're constantly seesawing back and forth between selling work and doing work. Right. Yep. Uh, and, and that visual was telling for me of like, we got to make sure the seesaw is kind of continually in that rhythm where, you know, we're working on the business or we're working in the business really hard, but we're also working just as hard on the business as we are in the business. And that's yeah. really where this, this kind of idea of pulse check comes from, I think is like, you have to work in your marketing and, and delivering and making sure that it's hitting the right audiences and you're getting results and you're doing all those things, but you also got to work on your marketing. Yep. And make sure that you have the right targeting, you have your goals, things are lining up, things are trending in the right direction. And and I think with, you know, our experience in doing our our own version of working on the business or on, on the marketing, I think has evolved over time, right? So mm-hmm. when you first start doing a pulse check and start thinking about working on your marketing, my guess is you're going to have the same experience, right? Same experience that we had in our first offsites, right? They were very tactical. It was, you know, we have to fix this process. We have to do this. We have to do this. It was a lot of, we're going to do activities. And then as over time, all that's taken care of, right? Now you have, you have those things as part of your pulse checks underway and you can start thinking longer term. You can start thinking 12, 18, 24, 36 months out and saying, where are we going? And are we right. going the right direction to get there? And I think it, the same is true for marketers, right? It's not just about today's results and today's objectives. If if we're not thinking about 12, 18, 24, 36 months out, then projects that have the biggest impact will never get started, let alone done. And, right. and, and those, those are the things that we really encourage as part of this pulse check to say like, okay, you know, my example earlier of integrating your CRM first party data into your marketing, that's not easy because first and foremost, like that's really powerful if you can do it, but your data has to be clean and it has to be right. Otherwise you're misinforming your marketing spend, right? So sounds easy, but you have to work with the sales team to get appropriate data in and make sure that, that, that things are updated. Like all those things matter and they're long-term, uh, they're long projects, uh, and, right. and, that sophistication just gets uh, more and more robust over time if you if you invest the energy into those big initiatives, right? And, and you're kind of touching on like what we, you know, the the next question, right? The, the natural progression of questions like, what happens if we don't do this? What happens if we mm-hmm. don't do a pulse check? You you kind of stay static, right? Uh, and I think we've seen that with um, many clients that come to us come to us in a place of plateau. They've they've done marketing, they've done the they've done the initiatives, and and they feel like they've they've kind of reached this plateau, and they they need to accelerate and, and do something different to be able mm-hmm. to to break out of the plateau and continue to grow. And you know, going back to that level of sophistication, uh, if you don't do a pulse check, you number one, you won't know if you're going the right direction, but number two, 
you're you you will it's not a question of if but when you will experience a plateau overall marketing and and the performance that you're getting therein so that's that's the that's the main nugget that's the that's the that's the big one you'll you'll hit a point where you're kind of just continuing to do the same stuff you're feeling the same problems you don't really know how to solve the same problems and it's probably because there's a bigger change necessary that isn't readily evident right in front of you and in some cases that can cause rifts within teams that can cause all sorts of uh, of of challenges because everybody's feeling the same pressure you just don't know what to do to fix it right yep. and sometimes that means taking a step back and saying all right what are we what are we doing here why are we? yeah um so you know what do we do when we're done right what uh, what's the We've, we've done, if let's assume we've gone through this process, right? Let's assume we've done this process for Oodle, which we kind of just did uh, okay. recently. You know, what do we, what do we do with that information when we're finished with it? I mean, the, the first thing you do is you compare against your marketing strategy and your marketing plan. So mm-hmm. your mid-year pulse check or whenever you do the pulse check, it should give you um, sort of a, you know, I, I call it a you suck letter, right? It's a, <laughs> it's your own version of a you suck letter of like, these are the things we're doing really well, but these are the things that we have some room in and, and to, to really accelerate in. And so yeah. if you do that, that pulse check, you can really have a good understanding of uh, where you need to invest your energy. So you as a marketer, um, it, it kind of goes back to leadership performance actually, right? So where do leaders spend most of their time? Leaders spend most of their time with underperformers, right? Right. That's not a good thing. Like every fabric of of every business book ever written says don't do that. Right? Don't right. try to coach up your underperformers. You have to instead invest most of your energy into your mid and high performers, specifically your high performers because those are the ones that are going to actually carry you through. And I think marketing is the same way. I think you can look at things that you're not great at and that might be okay. No, right. you're not great at those, but lean heavily into the things that, that you do well and that your organization has tolerance to do well. Right. Uh, Cause that's really what it's about, right? You're, you know, the tool that, that we mentioned earlier, that it's a downloadable, it'll give you all sorts of great questions to ask yourself. Uh, you know, things like my goals are baseline and measurable. My agency knows their role. Uh, I have a clear marketing strategy that drives my marketing plan initiatives, like and, and all sorts mm-hmm. of little tidbits underneath each of those categories of things that will help you understand areas that you could lean into. But it doesn't mean you should do all of that. Right. It. it go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say, you know, you, you kind of touched on one of them, which I think is a really important thing to just note. It seems stupid, but document the shit. Yeah, right. write it down. Take take your findings, take all everything, <clears throat> write it down, right? And, and as we've kind of plugged a few times, we'll probably plug a few more times. Uh, use our tool. If you don't have one, use ours and, and just write it down. Uh, write it down, make decisions, and then share it, right? Share that with somebody to, to hold you accountable. But at least, you know, we do it for ourselves all the time where we, we've written down and documented the, some of these decisions that we make out of these sort of pulse checks and offsites and, and different things either for our business or for our clients. And, um, that helps us keep track of and keep, keep you from, uh, keep you from ignoring something that's maybe like that big, ugly 
problem they need to solve. Yep. And no marketing plan strategy survives encounters with the enemy, just like, just like any sort of, you know, military strategy will tell you, right? It just, it mm -hmm. doesn't work that way. So you'll always find things as part of your marketing plans that will get disrupted because a competitor did something or because the market has shifted or because your product needs work or, right. you know, what there's, there's a lot of things you will learn and encounter along the way and do a, a pulse check of what should I be thinking about and doing and then sharing it gives you the revisions to your plan that are going to be necessary moving forward. Right. And, you know, just because you set your marketing strategy and your marketing plan doesn't mean that it should never change. It, it needs to evolve. And this is a good tool to help you figure yeah. out how it needs to evolve. I, I, I tend to think about and I, I often talk about the marketing plan and, and such in, in similar ways that I think about something like blueprints. Right. When when we built we built our office in Loveland, uh, you know, from scratch. <clears throat> I spent a painstaking amount of time getting those blueprints perfect. Everything was exactly where it needed to be down to the inch. I had, I had, I had tested it for flow and all sorts of things, right? You were part of that. Yep. The first fucking day, the blueprints are wrong because the guy doing the framing, I'll never forget it. The guy doing the framing looks at me and says, well, first wall not even the first just the first day literally the first piece of anything get, that gets done in this space is the framing and the guy looks at me and he says well do you want this wall because we had an exposed ceiling uh do you want this wall to be parallel with that wall or do you want it to be in line with this beam that runs horizontal to that wall and i was like how are you talking about both why would that not be both? And he said, because that beam is not square. The beam's off by about six inches. So now we have to come up with a solution, right? We either have to scoot this wall over a little bit, we have to build a little cutout, or a little bit of both. And that's what we wound up doing, right? We we're like, well, it's, obviously we don't want a crooked wall. That's going to be a nightmare. Uh, but also we got to deal with that because we can't just have this shifting out of the wall. So we got to build like a little soffit or something. And we had <clears throat> two dozen of those other things as we progressed through the course of that project. And that was a 60 day build. That was an insane timeline. Mm -hmm. But the, you know, the, the point was we made this plan, painstaking plan, thought it was perfect, had tons of eyeballs, had architects involved, had mechanical people involved, had all of these people involved. And then the first day we find something that trips it up and, and you kind of, you're kind of faced at that point with a, with an option, right? I can either be really mad and, and bitch about the fact that the plan wasn't right. And why didn't we catch this? And you, you know, whatever, or fix work with my team to fix the problem and move on. Yep. yep. And, you got to evolve. And the pulse check in this case, right? Halfway through the build, we did a similar activity, right? We, we did a similar activity where we kind of take inventory, of everything, where is stuff? What's moved? What's changed? What what might that affect uh, to determine the you know towards our goal our output in that case is we want a, a, a live and functioning office uh, and that uncovered even more things that we hadn't thought about or or shifted during during the course of build or or whatever that needed to be addressed and we addressed all of them and it worked out great. Yep. And, you know, doing a pulse check on your marketing is, is not dissimilar to that, right? So 
in the course of, of doing construction on office, you sort of fill the backlog of all the things that you know need to be done, mm-hmm. right? Or, or that could be done, not even necessarily should be, but could be done. And then right. slowly you make decisions over time of what, what we're going to do. And right. doing that pulse check gives you an opportunity to refill that backlog and then reprioritize the things yeah. that were originally planned with you know, the budget, the staff, the energy, the top of your organization, the patience of the team, the skill set of the team, any of those things, you can reevaluate that based on today's world and say, how can I get the, the biggest bang out of my marketing plan and strategy, knowing the best practices that could be? Because I mean, I think that's part of it, right? So in doing a, a mid-year pulse check of something like this, I think marketers rely on their own experience, right? They rely on educational tools and materials. They rely on podcasts like this to educate themselves on what's possible and where and, sure. and what's what's there. But you don't know what you don't know. And doing a pulse check and, and, and allowing another organization even to help you with a pulse check, to, to evaluate it, to look at your competitors, look under the hood and really help you through that as a consultant point of view, that actually is a really powerful way for you to to discover what you didn't know or maybe what you did know, but ignored, not because you didn't want to fix it or because you didn't want to address it because you had other pressing needs. Right. Well, there you have it, folks. Do your pulse check. <laughs> Do your pulse check. <laughs> use, use our tools. Uh, it'll be, we'll leave a link in the show notes. Uh, if for some reason can't find it there, boodle.io is our website. Go there, hit the blog. We'll have it in there. Uh, but uh, yeah, grab that tool, fill it out. Uh, it, it'll be, I'd be surprised if you weren't, weren't surprised by something and it weren't an eye-opening experience if you just kind of walk through that uh, thing. And that's something, you know, tool doesn't cost you anything. You can use it. We don't care. We just want to yep. uh, help other people uh, kind of carry out the same idea uh, that, that we've carried out and, and found to be really successful both for ourselves and for our clients. You've reached the end of this episode of Oodles of Marketing. For listening to this week's episode, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any new episodes. We'll be dropping a new episode every two weeks. You can find us on social at ThinkOodle. And if you learned something today uh, from today's episode, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. You can send us questions to questions at oodle.io. And we'll see you next time. See you.